With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to blacktalkradionetwork.com. Helping you filter through the noise. Real talk. Black talk. The internet is full of half-truths and all-out lies. We've all seen them, and many people on social media complaining about it. Here's your chance to show and prove. WorldAfropedia.com is a black-owned and operated encyclopedia. There are several thousand articles, but we need help. We can't uncover all the truth ourselves. So please, join us and become a writer, editor, or blogger for WorldAfropedia.com today. Every little bit counts. We owe it to the future generations to put the truth out there. Visit worldafropedia.com, the African-centered encyclopedia, a global database of African knowledge for the purpose of bringing about global African wisdom and understanding. Worldafropedia.com. I read a more recent report uh, with the the trial that just happened uh, this year and the verdict. Uh, Your former husband, uh, Neville Lawrence, uh, he said he was talking to a reporter and he said that you you all still to this day have not discussed uh, the night of Stephen Lawrence's murder. Uh, it's just something that has been too painful to talk about. And I just want to see, is that is that accurate? You all still haven't talked about that? Um, I suppose you could say yes. I think when once Stephen had died, I think we all seems to retreated in our little corner and you know, everybody grieves in different ways. Um, and so Neville doesn't live in this country anymore. I mean, so he, was over, he was over here for the trial and everything, and then he's returning back to Jamaica. So it's just me and my two children who now have children of their own. And so at times we do talk about it, but not in the depth as we should. And one of the things that really surprised me the other day, my daughter said to me, I have a granddaughter who's seven, and she goes to a dance class. And something had happened, and she's supposed to have said to somebody that she doesn't like white people. And and since then, you know, I, I presume she's been getting a lot of um, probably abuse from other children. So I spoke to her yesterday, and I said to her, why did you say that? Because it's not something that we talk about within our home here. Why would you say that? She, she knows about Stephen, and she knows that Stephen died and somebody, somebody took his life but we've never told her who are the circumstances around that. But I think since the trial, there's been a lot of stuff on the news. And what happened is that she was able to, to see the news of the two men who was convicted for Stephen's murder. And that is why she said to this child who was saying something to her that she doesn't like white people. So I said to my daughter, she needs to, because Mia has not been back to the dance class, because she said every time she goes there, 
children are calling her a racist. So I said to my daughter, she needs to go to the dance class and speak to the tutors there and for them to understand why Mia said what she did. Because all of a sudden now she realized this was white people who killed her uncle, who she's never met. And so that's quite disturbing because she's only seven. And for her, for her to start thinking like that, and I don't want her growing up thinking that way. And so somehow we're going to have to try and talk to her for her to, have, for her to have some understanding that there's good and bad in everybody and not everybody is the same, which is what I said to her on the phone. But we need to, we would really need to work with her so she doesn't grow up and having this, um, start developing this dislike or this, I don't want to call it hatred, against other people because not everybody is bad. And this is what I wanted to understand. But from, from the time she knew about Steve and then seeing these white men who now have been convicted for Stephen's murder, which has planted the seed in her head. And, and it's such a shame because before she had no idea of any of this. And now her views have changed. Now her views have changed. Now her views have changed. Context of white supremacy. Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information. On the system of white supremacy, today's date, Sunday, September 18th, 2016. So I have been told this is our global Sunday talk on racism, white supremacy. Uh, always good to hear from our international uh, listeners, uh, get a much broader perspective of what racism, white supremacy is, and how it works. Uh, we have quite a few folks uh, who are already with us uh, on the line. Uh, hopefully, mm. having uh, difficulty adding one other person, uh, trying to see if I can get Andrew added uh, on our line as we go here. I'm going to try again to add him right now, so if you hear the ring in the background. All right, Andrew, are you with us, sir? Are you with us, Andrew? Can you hear us? Can you hear us? Seems he's not hearing us for some reason. That is, uh, that is strange. Very, very strange. I normally can just add people to the group and it works uh, beautifully. But uh, techno- oh, there he goes again. I'm going to try one more time to see if I can add him uh, to the group. Um, let's see. Shows that it's ringing. Just not getting an answer for some reason. Very, very strange. While we are waiting, we do have Mary with us. Mary, are you with us? Yes, I'm here. Outstanding. She's been uh, on the program, uh, our Global Sunday Talks, before. Uh, We have our listener in Austria. I think I'm going to make an effort to see if I can do it correctly this time and not say Norway or any other uh, spot on the globe. Uh, Our caller in Austria, are you with us, sir? Yes, I am. Outstanding. Good to hear from you again. How did you want us to reference you on the program, sir? African 1884. African 1884. Glad to hear from you again. We're still struggling uh, to get Andrew. I'm going to try one more time. Uh, In fact, I'm just going to disconnect my line and see if I can just add everybody back on my line if that will fix the problem. So I'm going to give a quick disconnect and restart. Uh, So folks, just stand by. Give me about 15 seconds and we'll see if this solves the problem. If not, we'll just have to move forward and see if we can add Andrew uh, a little bit later in the broadcast. So I'm going to disconnect this. 
Okay, so I'm back and now I'm going to see if I can add all of our callers back so we have everybody on the line. Oh, we should maybe even have Mr. Fox with us uh, as well. Okay. Dialing back everyone, same time, see if that solves the problem. Uh, I think we have at least one. Uh, Mary, you're with us? I am. Grand. And African1884, you're with us? Yes, I am. Grand. Okay. And something is up with, uh, don't know, they are not being kind to Andrew today. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Oh, well, we'll move forward so we're not wasting too much time since this is a shorter uh, program than normal, and we'll just see if we can add uh, Andrew as we go. Always good to hear his perspective on the program. As I stated, Global Sunday Talk on Racism, White Supremacy. Uh, before we get started, the audio clip you heard at the beginning, that was from Doreen Lawrence, uh, the mother of Stephen Lawrence. Um, they just this week on the BBC, they have a program called uh, Crime Watch, where they talk about different crimes that have happened that are unsolved, where they're still looking for uh, suspects or witnesses who have more information uh, to help them you know, prosecute the uh, proper individuals, the perpetrators. Um, but they did a segment, uh, Stephen Lawrence, he was killed in 1993, spring of 1993, a band of racist thugs. Uh, in England, uh, they tracked him down uh, the middle of the street, chased him, stabbed him to death. He bled to death, literally, uh, on the side of the road uh, for no reason, just because they were committed to white supremacy and terrorizing black people. Uh, they did not arrest anybody, convict anybody for nearly a decade. Uh, it wasn't until 2012 they had a trial and convicted two of the individuals. It was a mob. It was uh, about five or six people uh, who participated in uh, killing him, but they convicted two uh, white males in 2012. They're still in greater confinement and they're trying to find some of the other people who participated in the crime that was on uh, Crime Watch this week. And what I found most telling about that segment was that they started with Stephen Lawrence and they acknowledged uh, they had a big report, the McPherson report, they called it. Miss Doreen Lawrence, she talked about all this when she was on the program the first time uh, in 2011. That audio clip you heard at the beginning is from 2012. But they called institutional racism. The police department did a horrible job uh, investigating, and Nelson Mandela had to get involved to help get more attention and to try to make them do right. And it still took them 20 years before they even uh, arrested, convicted anyone. Anyway, the audio segments you heard at the beginning, I think that's easily one of the most uh, important, profound moments that we've had uh, in our nearly eight years of broadcasting, which she said about her granddaughter. And I think that that segment is so important, so powerful, because just following the logic. I don't think anybody has to tell you what it means to be white. I don't think anyone has to convince you whether or not every individual who is classified as white is a white supremacist racist. I think you can just follow the logic. Now, her granddaughter, she heard in that audio segment, seven years old, and they hadn't talked to her about racism, white supremacy. They hadn't talked to her about what happened to her uncle, why he wasn't here. She just knew that she had an uncle that was not around, that she hadn't met. And then she got all the information about what happened when the trial was publicized in 2012, and that's the conclusion that she came to on her own, that she did not like individuals classified as white. And again, I say that is just 
following logic. Uh, it's not uh, talking about hate. It's not being emotional. I'm just making logical conclusions, assessing information about my environment and specifically how these individuals relate to me, my family, other people, other black people. How are we related to by these individuals? And then I'll make my assessment about what I think, feel about them. That's just following logic. And I think in the system, we are victims of racism, particularly black people. We are discouraged from being logical when it comes to dealing with racism. We get a lot of folly and nonsense about how we should think about this problem as opposed to just being accurate, correct, and making logical assessments. Extremely important segment. And even what she said at the beginning about she and her husband, uh, Neville Lawrence, that they hadn't even talked about the murder of their child. And uh, I just, I thought that that was so traumatizing just to hear. It was so painful just to, to lose a child in that manner. Uh, and, and the grief to be so crippling that you even have a difficult time talking about it with, you know, the person that you care most about. Just uh, that's that I think that's so many black people on the planet. We're all going through so much pain uh, and, and so much trauma. It's it's it is almost impossible at times to open up uh, just about how much we are suffering under this system. Uh, but at any rate, we have Andrew with us. Uh, are you with us? Good, sir. Or maybe we don't. Yeah, yes. Um, hello, uh, Gus. How you doing? Hi, everyone. Outstanding. Good to hear from you as well, sir. Um, yeah, it's great, to, it's great to be on. For sure. Before uh, we get rolling, just as we do have uh, listeners who are chiming in who are in uh, the England area, might be more familiar with the Stephen Lawrence case. You should get uh, Doreen Lawrence's book as well. We talked about it her first time on the program, uh, and Still I Rise, where she describes the whole experience and what it was like for her uh, going through the grief process. Um, did you all see the segment on uh, Crime Watch this week or any, any reflections on the Stephen Lawrence case as it has evolved over the past two decades? Yeah, Gus, it's um, Mary. I'd just like to say that although two people were convicted, five were actually arrested, but the police mishandled the case so poorly that they couldn't actually secure five convictions and it's taken until 2012 to actually convict two of them. They were actually tried as juveniles because of the um, time which the murder t took case. So they could only be um, sentenced as juveniles. So they didn't actually get adult convictions in the case. And I've actually met Neville Lawrence on a few occasions. And I have to say it was one of the most soul-destroying experiences for me because you can actually see behind his eyes that he's not a complete person because of the way that they murdered his son, the way that the police actually negated what those five white supremacists did to his child and the way that the police sought to bury and cover themselves in order not to deal with this case properly. And it still goes on to this day. They do it to black officers. I mean, there was even a case on Friday where they brutalised the young black man accusing him of not being the, the owner of a car. It's, it's gone viral on um, Instagram and on the internet with the way that they still do with black people. But Stephen Lawrence, it's, it's one of the few things in English criminal history that actually gets me mad, like frothing at the mouth to this very day, the way that it's been handled. If you... I'd, I'd, I would encourage some of your listeners to really go into it 
and read the McPherson report and really look at the background of it and the way that even when they turned up on the scene, the way that they did with Damalola Taylor's case, the way that they handled him as he was dying, absolutely disgusting. It, if you don't get mad about this case, then to me, you're not actually a human being. Wow. Profound. Um, what you said about the, the soul-crushing experience of meeting uh, Stephen Lawrence's father, that is, I think... If you are a black person, if you, you know, have any level of empathy for other black people and, you know, their horrible experiences under white terrorism, uh, that is the same sensation that I get uh, the times that I've talked to uh, his mother, Doreen Lawrence, and when I have uh, seen her, uh, when she's talked about the whole experience, the, that exact same feeling. Just every time I see her, I just, I feel like you can just see that she's just carrying the weight of losing her son uh, in just such a, a gruesome uh, vile manner uh, every time I see her that's in uh, I think it is important she has other children her other son uh, Stuart Lawrence he filed a lawsuit against the Metropolitan Police Department I believe also in 2012 about being harassed I don't know if they call it stop and frisk or whatever they call it in that part of the world but saying he had been stopped more than 20 times for no reason just because uh, we don't we don't allow negras to roam freely in this part of the world either uh, but he did file a lawsuit that's her other child so that has been the Lawrence family experience in the great uh, UK um, Andrew, but you know what Gus tail on to what you just said there's actually a report that the police weren't using resources to catch the perpetrators of the, the murder of Stephen Lawrence. They were using resources to actually do covert operations on the Lawrence family. So that's why he was stopped as well. The police were actively looking and digging into the background of the Lawrence's instead of trying to get the racist thugs who killed him. It's well documented. They were actually targeting the family to drag them down instead of doing what they're supposed to do. Now, isn't that white supremacy in all of its glory, that right there? Absolutely. Uh, that was, I have that, uh, it was a documentary on a program called Dispatches. I think it's on Channel 4. I think this came out in like 2013, uh, where they described exactly what uh, Mary just said, that they were not using police resources to catch the white brutes who committed this crime. They were spying on the Lawrence family. It's like an hour documentary where they talk about this. Think Pro in the United States. Same type of thing directed against the, the Lawrence family. Um, Andrew, you also are, uh, are in England. Um, I don't know if you got to see the Crime Watch report this week. Any, any thoughts on uh, your understanding or thoughts about what the Stephen Lawrence case? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I didn't get to see the Crime Watch thing. I'm going to look it up now. But um, um, yeah, everything that's been said um, that I've listened to just now, I totally concur with. Um, the police were at, at the police, to my understanding, actually had a relationship with these white supremacist uh, 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 um, young people's, uh, well, at the time, I suppose they were young, but had a relationship with their parents as well. Um, I read something years and you know years ago that the dad of one of these uh, little white um, racists um, had some sort of money um, payola thing going on with with, with the uh, with the police. So these are, so these people were in bed together. Not, you know, they were all of them white racists, all in bed together. And the idea was let's just let's just smear the family, let's just deal with and get the family. You know, and um, 
you know, so that's what um, so, so that's what that was. What was great is how the Lawrence family dealt with it. How 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 Doreen Lawrence and um, and 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 her husband actually dealt with these people. Um, just recently, apparently, they've found some female DNA. I don't know if you've heard that. They found some female DNA. Um, I don't know where they got it from, how they found it, and what relevance it has. But they've got a they've opened up a new line of inquiry around this female DNA. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see where they take that. Um, also, this week there's been um, the, we've had the verdict come back from the IPCC. Um, that's the independent. That's a bit of a joke. Independent um, police complaints commission, whatever they're called, um, regarding the Sh- uh, Sean Rigg case. Sean Rigg was killed by the police in Brixton Prison, I think it was, and that happened, I think, in 2008, and the independent police, uh, was it Police Complaints Society, whatever they're called, IPCC, um, returned a verdict that the police have no case to answer. Now, now, when you bear in mind, right, that this man, Sean Rigg, right, who was considered a paranoid schizophrenic, right, black man, uh, 40 years old, he was in, I think he was in Brixton Police Station, South London, um, that it was all caught on video camera in two, in, it was it 21st August 2008. So the whole thing was caught on video camera, right, it went on for ages, and it was seen what these policemen were doing to him on camera, right, Yet the yet you know years later, and and this is with the sister, the family of Sean Rigg, um, doing a lot of um uh, uh, campaigning. You know, we all went to meetings and all the rest of it, right? So seven years later, the IPCC independent police complaints nonsense. They returned the verdict to say that the police have got no, you know no one needs to no policeman is uh, needs to be brought to book, right? So these are the people we're dealing with. Do you know what I mean? You, you know, you know, they literally go around killing black men and women. You know, you know, that's what they do. And um, I've I, I got to admit, though, um, Gus, um, it does surprise me because if this was a Jewish person or oh, sorry, but if it's anyone else. Right. Um, I would like to see what that particular community would actually do. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, you know, I mean, really, um yeah, it, it, you know, you know, this verdict that, that's come back this week is, it, you, you know, I mean, really, I, I just think it'd be great for um, for the mass of black people in this country to be more vocal about about these police, sorry, but about these police deaths because this affects all of us, you know. So, but but yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. This this latest verdict is all of these verdicts are shocking. Well, no, no, sorry, the verdicts are, are to be expected. Our response to these verdicts is what I'm concerned about, really, to be honest. Mm, well, I just uh, posted the report for uh, Sean Rigg, uh, and of course, no indictment. That is uh, global procedure. Anytime a black person uh, has been killed, certainly no white person will be held uh, accountable uh, for all of this. Um, the uh, the black person that I guess had the issue with the vehicle, uh, do you all know the person's name or any identifying information about what happened? I think uh, Mary mentioned that piece. Does anybody have any identifying information about what happened with that? He's just referred to as Leon. Leon, okay. I'll yeah. see if I can post some information. If you, so. if you put Leon plus Camden, or if you put Met Police 
um, and maybe Friday's date because the Met Police released a absolutely ridiculous um, statement about it on Twitter, which you can view through Twitter. It has you'll you'll be able to see the whole video of what they did. Um, and as per usual, the white supremacists were out in force on the um, Twitter and Instagram feeds to absolutely back up what the police were doing. No surprise. I tracked it down. Thank you for the uh, additional info. The uh, the Telegraph has a report on this. I'll post it on my Facebook and tweet it as well. Uh, it's titled, Police Officer Filmed Attacking Car After Driver Refuses to Get Out. Scotland Yard launched an investigation after dramatic footage emerged, which appears to show a policeman attacking a car after the driver refused to get out. The clip shared on social media on Saturday and viewed more than 40,000 times shows what appeared to be a police officer filmed from the position of the driver repeatedly telling him to get out of the car, adding, you're not allowed to drive it. The officer then hits the driver's side window with what looks like a baton before a voice can be heard saying, I've got a license, I've got a license, I've got insurance, you're smashing this for no reason. The policeman can be seen striking the windscreen, resulting in the glass shattering, and he then starts slicing around the damaged area with what looks like a penknife. When asked by the driver what the problem is, the officer tells him he is not allowed to drive but thus i would like everyone to pay careful attention to where leon is actually filming from because as far as i'm concerned i don't actually see him behind the wheel wow are you saying you think he's in the the passenger seat yes i am wow wow I guess this would be one to keep in mind. Uh, wacky folks across the pond, they do drive on the opposite side. So if you're in the States and you're accustomed to the wheel, the driver's side is on the left of the car. It's the opposite for folks in the UK. So. It's, it's not actually about where the steering wheel is positioned. It's if you're actually behind the wheel, the wheel is in front of you. He's filming from the opposite side of the car. There's no one behind the wheel. So what's the name of this person? I'm trying to Google it. Is it Leon Mary? What's the name of the person? Uh, it's I can a, just... it's a... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, um, it's a Leon, and um, the the event took place in Camden on Friday. Okay, okay, I'll have a look. Yeah. Since we are on Skype, I'm just going to message uh, Andrew the report I'm looking at, so that should make it a little easier for you to track it down. Beg my pardon. I beg folks' pardon. Uh, we do have another participant, uh, although he is not in England, still being uh, much closer to you all's area of the world. Uh, African 1884, I don't know if you have commentary on the Stephen Lawrence case, if you are familiar with all of this, but want to make sure we are including everyone in the dialogue. Uh, any thoughts you would like to share as well, sir? Um, I've been listening in, and I appreciate uh, what everyone has contributed. Um, all I can say is that it's the context of racism, white supremacy. And one thing, just uh, like what you said in the beginning in regard to racism, white supremacy, and white people doing, being racist suspects, uh, we just had Dr. Uma Johnson here, and uh, he did two lectures, but it was very hard. I realized that black people here failed to understand what racism is. They tend to look at it from an individual experience or perspective, and I think we have a long way to go because many of us are still speaking about I have white friends and and things in that nature, you know. So um, 
I find it very interesting that uh, we, we have a long way to go in understanding what racial supremacy is, and we need to catch up, you know. We need to catch up. That's all I can say for now. Very important point. Very important point. Um, I think that's worldwide, uh, black people here as well, uh, that difficulty in understanding just what does it mean to be white? That is a question I ask all the time in our uh, eternal search for good white folks, white folks that are not racist. Uh, it's not all of them. Uh, there might be one or two bad ones here and there, but, you know, certainly not, you know, my pal Jim, my friend Becky, and, you know, the sexual thing is out of control as well. Um, same, same thing here. The sexual thing, Brother Uma was very, very shocked, you know, very, very shocked. You know, we have, we have a large number of black males here dating white females or married to white females. So once they find themselves in such a situation, they believe that their white partner is not, can't be a racist or a racist suspect, you know. And, but he tried his best to explain to some of the brothers here, and I hope they got that. Wow. wow. Uh, if folks have uh, questions you would like to ask our international uh, listeners, uh, participants, excuse me, feel free. You can chime in 641-715-3640, and the code is 564-943-POUND. Press star 6 if you have uh, questions, commentary, things you'd like to share, or if you want to ask, get a global perspective on uh, some aspects of racism, white supremacy, we'll map uh, Thomas in New York as well. Uh, some of our callers have been, we talked, I think, last time about the whole Brexit situation and how that was connected to racism. That was in that Crime Watch report uh, on the BBC, by the way. They started with uh, Stephen Lauren. And just last comment I'll get, you know, people talk about Black Lives Matter and all that. They started with Stephen Lawrence, uh, and they acknowledged that the police did a terrible job with the investigation and not, you know, taking 20 years before anybody was convicted or anything. They, later in the program, it's about an hour program, later in the program, they talk about uh, some white female. Uh, she is a suspected race soldier, too, but she was killed. They said they arrested 94 people to track down her killer. 94 people. Stephen Lawrence, it takes 20 years for them to arrest and convict someone. This white chick, they arrest 94 people in order to track down who did this crime. I thought that was just a gargantuan indictment in and of itself. But be that as it may, they continued and they said since the whole Brexit thing that they've had a huge rise in incidents of racism, white supremacy, and non-white people being harassed. We've played some of the segments on the street where they've had non-white news reporters who were out talking about this and they got terrorized in the middle of it where people were yelling, calling them packy and nigger and all this other stuff. Um, what have been your observations? Uh, David Cameron stepping down, Theresa May uh, coming, she's a new prime minister over there. What have been the changes over the past, I guess it's been three, two, three months now uh, since all of that has happened and how has that impacted racism, white supremacy with the uh, Brexit? Uh, I guess we can, can start. Yes, ma'am, go ahead. Sorry, I just really wanted to get this in. That I want everyone to notice that they've actually changed the face of racism in this country. There was a, uh, an attack on a Polish man in somewhere called Harlow, which is in Essex, um, a couple of weeks back, and he was killed by a teenager. And since Brexit, the whole turn of racism, they may have mentioned um, 
here and there about some non-white people who have been um, verbally attacked or something else has happened, but they've changed the face of racism and it's Polish now. Now, I, I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't Polish people just white? They're just a different nationality, but somehow that has become the face of racism and um, white people, white English people attacking white Polish people somehow has become racism. So that's how they've been doing it here. Like racism is, no, it's not the systematic things that have been done to, well, I'm only concerned with black people in this instance, not the systematic things that have been done to us, not what happened in Camden on Friday, but what's happening to Polacks and people from the Eastern European bloc and Russia who are white. And not only that, people need to be very cognizant of someone like Theresa May, because as far as I'm concerned, she's the second incarnation of Margaret Thatcher. So everyone better watch what they're doing with her. In uh, the crowd, and one of our listeners, she just wasn't able to participate, uh, but she also, she's been on the program before, uh, Lorraine, uh, she... Uh, informed me about the Crime Watch program that was happening that was in that program that came on this Tuesday. You can watch this online. I posted it. Folks want to check it out because a lot of the program is about racism. Uh, they had, in the set, what I just mentioned where I said they were saying that there's been an escalation of racist attacks since the Brexit and all that, they had a white Polish guy on there and he said that he had been a victim of racism. He was attacked. These people had made all these nasty comments about him and blah, blah, blah. And it was such a nice, happy ending. He was out talking with the Metropolitan Police Officer, a white female, by the way. He's talking to her, and he said that things have been so great. People have reached out to him to help he and his family and make sure that he feels welcome and that he's a part of the community and he lives there and he's one of them and that everybody doesn't feel that way, that he's not welcome or that they don't like him or what have you. He just said it's been great and he's got so much support. But exactly what Mary just said has, uh, was in the... Uh, Crime Watch special, and when they had almost put, that was almost what I played for the introduction, they had a segment where they had another uh, individual classified as white, white man, where he was saying that it's been an excuse for people to mistreat uh, women and transgender people and LGBT people uh, and uh, all these other folks, and then he says, oh yeah, and black people. He adds black people at the very end, uh, and that, that same procedure I see taking place in the states worldwide, where Racists are making a really strong, concerted effort to make sure that racism, white supremacy gets confused uh, so that we're including all this uh, other stuff and thinking, oh, yeah, it's racism and patriarchy and uh, xenophobia and heteronormativity. And they'll just add all this other stuff. Conflation, uh, as one of our previous guests called it, so that we don't get clarity about the dominant system on this planet is terrorizing, abusing black people, all black people and non-white people in total, but especially black people. But that was what Mary just said. It was exactly in the Crime Watch special. Uh, Gus, can I add something? Yes, sir. This is uh, African 1884. Go ahead, sir. Yes. Um, I mean, I want to add to that. It's the same situation you have here in Austria. Um, they usually try to confuse us and you, you see the mistreatment of people from Poland, from Hungary, from Romania from the Czech Republic, from Bosnia, and you have white folks uh, that classify themselves as Austrians and Germans and French telling us that, okay, there's also racism towards these other groups of people that, are, that come from Europe, that they classify also as white. 
you know, so the same confusion is taking place here in Austria too. And uh, I remember recently I met one uh, white male, uh, he was from Bosnia, I think, and I was talking about racism, white supremacy, and he went ahead to tell me that he's from Bosnia and that he's suffered a lot at the hands of America and uh, NATO, and I told him, well, your enemy is my enemy too, white folks. And then he went to tell me, but I'm white. And I was like, okay, then what are we going to do about that? You know, because my problem is white folks that are mistreating non-white people, you know. So if you're talking about you getting mistreated by America, which is predominantly white, white-controlled, and also by NATO, what happened in Bosnia, then white people are your problem, and they are my problem too. But you have to understand that a lot of white people here do it intentionally. Even the ones from Eastern Europe, they know very well what's going on, and they try to confuse black people. That is a 24-hour major enterprise to make sure that black people are confused uh, and do not have an accurate, logical understanding of racism, white supremacy, and especially what it means to be white. Major enterprise. Andrew, you were going to comment, sir? Yes, please. Um, I think you're spot on. Um, In this country, amongst most uh, non-white people, black people in particular, African people of African descent, there's very little understanding of racism, white supremacy, um, very little, if any. And, um, you know, it, it comes out, it's, it's especially come out in this conversation around Brexit, because I've heard um, people of African descent saying it'd be good to come out of Brexit. There's too many Polish people here, you know, talking about these Eastern Europeans of coming over here and, um, you know, messing the country up and taking our jobs and all this kind of stuff. This is black people saying this. Right. And it's, it's, it's the, the memories are very short and um, there's very little understanding, as we said, about racism, white supremacy. And, you know, even in conversation, you see, um, the, the only time a lot of black people understand the system of racism, white supremacy is, as Neely Fuller said, is when it's happening to them. You know, when something serious is happening to them, them, and it's clear, and and then, it, and even then, it has to be clear as day that it is racism, right? It's got to be as clear as day, and um, it, it, it's 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 sad because because this whole confusion or the conflation, as you say, is 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 meant to is meant for us to is meant for us to believe that everything is everything we're in there mixing it with everybody else and, and everything's equal, you know, and, and, and that's, and so therefore the idea is for black people to form alliances with, with anyone but black people. Right. And it's, it's so that we are not strong, you know, you know, that's, that's the idea, you know, you know, so you lot don't go and talk amongst yourselves. Your, um, your, your, um, your, uh, you know, your, your friends should be people of your class or it should be people, any, anyone else, but you, but, but black people, you know, you know, go and talk to someone, you know, you know, go and talk to someone who supports your football team, you know, don't go and talk to other black people. You know, and, and, and that's, you know, that seems to be where we are for the most part with many black, not all black people, but many black people in the UK. And you could have things that are blatant, like the Dorrance Lawrence case or, or, or the Sean Rigg killing by police and, and a lot of other killings as well. And 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 it's it, it only wakes up a few people. It doesn't wake everybody up. 
you know, uh, um, I mean, you know, and and the Sean Rigg case, as the as as was the Martin Lawrence case recently, with the apparent significance of this female DNA, you know, Sean Rigg case was all over the TV this week, you know, uh, you know, it's it's just uh, there seems to be an acceptance when people black people watch it. Oh God, that's terrible. But as to as to what that where where that goes, right, is 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 what I'm talking about, you know. Um, you know that's the that's the issue. You know, um, it's it's, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. Was that uh, Mary? I think they uh, wanted to concur resoundingly with what uh, Andrew just said. Was that Mary or or uh, African? Yeah. All oh, right, on, right on. Absolutely, what he said from top to bottom, including what he said in the introduction about the reaction to it, is absolutely on point. Absolutely on point. I'd go so far as to say that people who are in tragic arrangements with these type of people, uh, we've had this conversation about this before. It's just nothing's wrong until it happens to me. And then all of a sudden, I have this indignant outrage about it. Andrew just summarized what the sentiment is in this country to the T. He really did. I think that's big here in the world, really, I would say worldwide in terms of the sentiment about black people should be looking to form allies with anybody but other black people, gay people, transgender people, anybody, poor white people. That's a real popular one, too. White women, real popular one there, too. Anybody but other black people. Until they find out that the most identifying factor before they are agenda, before they are anything else, before they people know how much money you have, how much education you have, your identifying factor is your skin colour. You are black first, whether or not you want to admit it. Context of white supremacy. Uh, if we have any folks that snuck in here, uh, callers that are in Canada, because I know that happens sometimes, and uh, I make the error just assuming that Canada is part of the U.S. I try to, uh, the first portion of this broadcast, make sure that we are getting all our folks that are calling outside the state. So if we had anyone who snuck in here uh, from above, north of the U.S., if you're calling in, you're on the switchboard, go ahead and put your hand up. We can uh, pull you into the dialogue as well. Uh, we'll get uh, folks who have questions also. Was uh, anything, any other observations or important points, things that you've seen uh, things you've read about or what have you that you all want to make sure we uh, include or just people think about as well. Uh, no, I think Mary might have to exit early, so I'll start with her. Uh, anything that you also want to make sure that folks are thinking about or have on their mind? Um, there's nothing that really springs out. I've just been noticing things that have been happening with... I, I know I may be a few weeks behind you guys because I haven't participated in a while, but... Um, Colin Kaepernick and Hillary Clinton's state of health. Those are the only things that have really jumped out to me in the past week or so. That is amazing. The uh, I was going to ask if the whole Colin Kaepernick thing, if that has become news uh, over there, because that seems to me at least to be just a, a national thing. But that is fascinating. No. Um, we, but- we absolutely know. And I just think it is absolutely ridiculous. And the the point that people, I, I read an article about students who are being forced to pledge allegiance to the flag or their grades are lowered. And I'm just thinking, 
are, I actually do begin to think, are people in America on crack cocaine, are they that insane that they're taking a flag and an anthem that has, I mean, you have a choice whether or not you observe that, right? Isn't it against your First Amendment's, First Amendment rights to have to be compelled to do something? Which amendment is it, Gus? I don't know. First, I believe. Okay, so you're forced to do something, and then to me, my mind, that just smacks the slavery, does it not? That sounds accurate to me. Uh, and just to your point, I think that is uh, the most significant aspect uh, from the Dred Scott decision. Black people worldwide, Stephen Lawrence, Sean Riggs, Sandra Bland, Tyree King, the young 13-year-old in Ohio who was shot and killed with a BB gun yet again, a la Tamir Rice, Black people do not have rights that whites are bound to respect at any time, any place. That stands for 1855, 2016. That is what the system of white supremacy means. These laws are not here for you to preserve any sort of semblance of what they call freedom or liberties. That is not what all this is about, regardless of what these laws say. You are here to be abused worldwide, 24-7, eternally. Um... See, uh, the, I'm almost interested in hearing. Has the Kaepernick thing is that uh, Andrew and, and uh, African 1884 has that you all have been hearing, reading about that uh, in your respective areas as well, Austria and, and another listener or participant. Andrew's also in uh, the England area. Um, so, 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 sorry, Gus, have I been reading about what? Just that you heard about the Colin Kaepernick, the football player mm-hmm. who was not standing for the anthem. Y- yeah, I heard about that. I didn't hear the detail about it, but oh. I did hear about that. And I heard that it was uh, it caused a bit of a ruckus, and it still is. But I, I don't, I don't, I've not heard the, I've not heard the detail. I've not heard the detail. Oh, okay. Just he started it last. It's been going on about a month, and then other people have been participating, and lots of whites have been uh, angry, and you know, saying he's not American, he's not patriotic. Last Sunday was the nine, 15 year anniversary of the 9/11 attacks, and um, even though he did not play on that day, other uh, they had other American football games, and other players also did the same thing and decided that they were not going to kneel. Uh, not all of them, obviously, but a small number of them. And so they were very upset about that and, you know, saying that they should be fine. Some of them lost sponsors and things of that nature. Even uh, there have been high school students who have been doing the same thing. And some of them were threatened, called niggers. Their other class, white classmates were upset. Some of them had white friends and their white friends uh, kept it real uh, and showed them what it means to be white and started calling them nigger and all this because they didn't want to stand for the flag. So it's been uh, an interesting situation to watch. I didn't know it had started to gather international attention. I uh, just what, 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 all, all I want to say about that is that that is an absolutely fantastic example of what all black people should be doing. You know, no black person anywhere in the world should kneel to a white flag. Or, or, or salute a white flag or salute, or salute any, no, 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 no. No black person on earth <laughs> should, should, should salute, wrap around them, kneel or stand or sit or bow or, or, or nod or whatever, or wink to, to the United States flag or the UK flag or any European flag. None, none, nowhere, nowhere on, the, if anyone listens to this podcast, anyone black, if they can get into their heads, don't do, don't make, don't do anything, any end, just ignore anything that's any white flag or anthem. Then I think that's a, I think that's a good start. Right on, 
just quickly as well to, to uh, Mary's point, where she said she wondered if uh, Americans <laughs> were on crack. I don't know if it's crack, but you certainly have a lot of white people who are on heroin and methamphetamine and lots of other drugs. That is a massive problem, and one of our callers brought that up on the program last night. I think it was Roz, that that is something we should keep in mind, that you do have lots and lots of racists who are intoxicated, which just further drives the insanity and savageness uh, of their conduct. And I know where I am specifically, Washington State, they've been having all these uh, reports about having uh, public housing where you can use heroin or whatever, methamphetamines or whatever your other drug is. They already have legalized uh, cannabis in Washington State where I am. So, yes, you do have a lot of them who, maybe not crack, but certainly lots of other drugs uh, that are altering their behavior and just, in my view, accelerating the psychosis. Uh, Jude, did you want to comment the Kaepernick situation? Or if you had something else you wanted to make sure that you shared with us? Uh, I just wanted to say that uh, we've got news in regard to the brother and what, he, what he's doing and everything. And just what, in regard to, just to add on to what the brother from the UK said, uh, I'm also in full support of any black person in America, all over Europe, not to be buying down to the flag and pledging allegiance, you know, because all those symbols, flags are not in our interests. They're not in the best, in our best interests. But I had a question for you guys. Um, in regard to the brother Darren Sills, what, what do you know about the situation? That uh, what has that got to do with the Black Lives Matter? Because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing conflicting news that uh, the Black Lives Matter activists might have been responsible for his death or something like that. Uh, how much do you know about his death? Uh, Darren Seals, he was involved in the protesting in Ferguson, Missouri. I think he was one of the well-known uh, participants. He was uh, found in a vehicle in Missouri last week. Uh, he had been shot, and the vehicle had been set aflame. Um, some, I have seen some people talking or suggesting, because I think there were reports online where Mr. Uh, Darren Seals, where he did not agree with some of the other more well-known members of Black Lives Matter here in the States, which is not a surprise having two different black people or any two different non-white people who do not agree about racism, white supremacy, no big deal there, uh, and saying that because Darren Seals, because he didn't agree with them or they had some sort of conflict, that they may have participated or had some involvement, knowledge about his uh, murder. Uh, the only thing I can say, obviously, I'm not in Missouri, so I don't know all the details. I know no one has been arrested, uh, to my knowledge, unless I missed that. But according to the last few reports that I've seen, no one has been arrested. Uh, what I did see was that the police did a really, much like Stephen Lawrence, the police did a really poor job investigating. Uh, there were bullet casings left at the scene. Uh, there were photographs where people went to the scene of where the vehicle was left and his remains were found and they found after the police had come and you know done the investigation and everything uh, and removed the body uh, they found as I said bullet casings it's been my experience that that sort of thing generally you would take evidence uh, you might find uh, fingerprints or other identifying information they can find out you know what type of uh, bullet was used what type of gun was used that sort of thing you'd want to take all of that where it just seemed that they did a really lackluster job in trying to investigate to find out who killed uh, this black male who was a prominent protester against racism, white supremacy. My view would be, I seriously doubt uh, that 
black people, uh, members of Black Lives Matter, would be uh, responsible for killing this black male. Uh, my view is that under the system of racism, white supremacy, the usual suspects, the first people that I would tend to think of for something like this would always be, every time worldwide, racist man, racist woman, racist child, and particularly a situation much like the Black Panther Party or Malcolm X and the Nation of Islam, where they can have a black person be killed and then blame some other black people for it so that we can get some fighting amongst the black people who are trying as best they can to work against, respond to white supremacy. Those would be my thoughts, but I have no idea who did it. No one has been arrested, uh, to my knowledge. I have not seen any any new leads, any suspects. I don't think they brought anybody into custody. It just seems like another black person, really poor investigation, no value for black life. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. did you had you heard anything, or did you have any thoughts? No, I just, uh, I mean, I, I share your, your view in regard to the the, 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 the Primary suspects are the racist man and racist woman. Uh, I was trying to, because I was listening to uh, the brother Senator and uh, brother Polite and uh, some of the brothers out there in the U.S. And many of them were saying that uh, that black people need to catch up on knowing that Black Lives Matter is a white-controlled group or movement and everything, and that it's not, uh, it's not, it's not like. Uh, completely controlled and run by black people and most important that their agenda is uh, also including the whole um, anti-sexual confusion you know homosexuality and lesbianism and all that stuff you know so that's that's what I've been hearing and all you know so I, I don't know how far uh, people are ready to look at the organization of the movement in regard to people like George Soros and everything I don't know how people understand in the US or, or it's not being spoken about I have no idea you know I know a good number of uh, Cal's listeners, they have voiced their concerns about Black Lives Matter and even seeing the international spread. Uh, I think they were having protests uh, in the London area uh, with this month uh, about climate change and saying that that was racist. Uh, the most important thing that I took from that was that it was white people predominantly who were out doing this uh, under the guise of Black, Ma uh, Black Lives Matter and, and saying that the climate change uh, proposals that were put forward were racist, uh, and even in other parts of the world, seeing Black Lives Matter pop up and demonstrations and protests and things of that nature. Uh, quite a few of our listeners uh, have pointed out, have raised many of the exact same concerns. I know we have a caller, listener uh, in Canada who has said the same thing because they have a pretty prominent Black Lives Matter movement there, uh, where I think he's basically said he appreciates bringing more attention to racism, but it also has brought a lot of, uh, we also need to fight for LGBT rights and that sort of thing, which, you know, I think you, you just pointed out the concerns, problems about that. Um, I will nab some of our callers, see if they have questions or concerns. Uh, Thomas in New York, I think we even have a caller up here where I am in the great Seattle. Uh, did you all have questions, comments you wanted to get in? That's kind of hurt. Yes, sir. Good evening. Good evening to the international callers. Good evening to you, Gus. Well, good, good afternoon, rather. Um, I just wanted to say, I just wanted to know, um, I just wanted to comment first uh, what the international callers have been pointing out about the Polish, the Polish people. I've been noticing that same trend. In fact, um, you know, a little joke I have shared with another person I speak to about racism. I say, you know, the Polish are like the 
the Europeans, Mexicans, you know, they blame them for taking their jobs and everything. And um, I kind of think here in America, you know, Polish people are all white. You know, they get treated just like the rest of the white people. So it was very odd. Um, I wanted to know, um, have you guys been seeing, have they been commenting on the news, anything about these um, so-called terrorist attacks here in America the last couple of days? I've seen stuff on social media, but to be honest with you, I've not seen anything on the news today. So it may be on um, dedicated news channels over here, like BBC World News and Sky, maybe Al Jazeera, because Al Jazeera gets mainstream um, coverage here on cable and on um, Sky and things like that. But I haven't seen anything about that. Sometimes it takes a couple of days to come through, depending on how serious it is. Um, but I've not seen anything about that apart from on social media. Are you talking about the explosion in New York, Thomas? Yeah, some, the explosion in New York, uh, there was one explosion and there was a, subsequently another bomb found, supposedly. And then today there was a mention of an attack in a mall in Minnesota where eight people were stabbed and they're blaming ISIS for this attack and they're saying that the attackers are capturing ties to Somali groups. I didn't know um, Minnesota had the largest population of Somali Americans in there and they're blaming the Somali group for that. So I just want to know if those were making the news in the UK. Uh, um, um, I, I, I saw a little bit of something um, on TV this week, but no, it's not. It's, I, I can't. I've not seen. It's not been major. New, none of it's been major news here that I've seen. You know, none of it at all, which is strange in itself. You know, wh why? Why wouldn't it be major news here? You know, I, I've. It's not been. As far as I could see, it's not been major news here. You know. Bombing, uh, the BBC, they do have that on the front page, the New York bombing. Um, folks check the, if folks want to check the, the BBC, see what they have to say about it. Uh, Mr. Fox joined us uh, as well. Good to hear from you as well, sir. Uh, the caller in 8225, 8225, did you have a question or comment you wanted to get in as well, sir? Uh, greetings. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Okay, uh, I just wanted to, uh, I hadn't cared to touch upon yet, but um, I'm not sure exactly where, which country it's in, but the region uh, where they have all the refugees, sorry to use the term, uh, it, I think it's called Calais, out in France, the folks coming across the Mediterranean. And they're, you know, um, I've seen news reports where they're uh, commandeering and down. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So if you could speak to that, any, you know, uh, feelings, opinions. Um, it's it's in, uh... called... Andrew, do you want to go first? Hello? Hello, can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Yeah, um, it, it, that's interesting when, when it comes to refugees and uh, and people coming into this country. What, what In places like um, Dover... And, you know, you know, we, we you know, what, what tends to happen is that uh, we get freighter, you know, we get freight uh, boats coming in from Europe and they come into Dover. OK, 
And so down in that area of Kent, it's, it's like just below London. Um, that area of Kent, you've got um, you've got refugees, you know, coming in off container boats, and and they smuggle themselves in. And, and there's there's also camps in in that bit of Kent as well, um, literally. And there's you know there's thousands of people down there, lots and lots of children. Um, one thing that's been on the news recently is. Um, uh, particular charities trying to force the government to integrate to take these children out of these camps who uh, they apparently have no guardians in with them in these camps no mum and no parents and so you can imagine what's happening to these children in these camps and they're trying to integrate these children across the country um I, I don't know the percentage of of white people in those camps because obviously you got you got you got Eastern Europeans coming in and and they and they effectively you know you know they're white um, or at least they look white to me as to how they're perceived by by some white people you know some white people see them actually as not being white <laughs> you know um, uh, <clears throat> what I would like to know is how many African people are in those camps I don't know and how many African children are in those camps. Um, but um, this, th th all of that issue is wrapped up in this Brexit thing as well, you know. So, so, so the whole thing sort of conflated together. Um, effectively, white people in this country do not want, um, do not want Eastern Europeans, if you want to call them more Polish. Well, there's no Polish coming across like that anyway. But do not want Eastern Europeans or anybody else. No black people coming in. You know that's why they voted for Brexit. Um, so that so those camps down in Kent are is a big political football, a big political issue. You know, um, yeah. So, so 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 as to where that's going to go, um, whoever whoever wants to be in power in this country in the come the next election cannot let those people in those camps leave. That they've got to keep them there. Um, and when I say camps, they're literally like camps, concentration camps. That's what they are. Obviously, as far as I know, no one's putting anyone in a gas oven, but but they, but they're not. But they but the conditions are not great, basically. Mary, well, go ahead. yeah, um, the camp that is most known. I'm, I don't know about any camps in Kent. I know that Kent is the entry point for a lot of people coming in from France on the back of lorries and a lot of the freight companies who do business in Europe and pass back through um, Calais and other ports are being fined heavily if anyone who is an illegal immigrant is found in their truck. But the main point that the news There's focuses on... echo. I'm sorry, Mary. There's an echo. Um, I'm not sure if somebody, if you're on speakerphone, uh, seems, oh, I don't hear it now. You want to try okay. again, Mary, just to make sure you're clear. Go ahead. Sure. The, the main um, camp that they focus on is called the Jungle, and it's in Calais. And the Jungle has been in, in existence for a very, very long time, and um, it was predominantly made up of African immigrants. And then when everything started um, going off in Syria, the Syrians then joined the fray. So the face of economic migrants and the face of what's the, the, the alleged crisis is in all of the European countries like Germany, Austria, um, Greece and France and by um, effect um, the ports in England has become Syrian. It was black before. There are plenty of black um, migrants who wash up on the beaches but it doesn't pull the heartstrings if your complexion is too dark. 
if your complexion is close to white, it pulls the heartstrings. So that's what we've really been seeing over here. Um, there was a child named, I believe, Adem, who washed up beaches. Um, I don't recollect which country it is, but a European country. He washed up on the beach about a year ago, and he was made the face of the migrant crisis in Europe, this poor um, dead Syrian child. And it is unfortunate that he died. He was just a baby. But they never show the hundreds of black children that wash up on the shores. They just don't. Because really, black lives don't matter. Uh, could I add something to that, Gus? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so in regard to the refugee crisis and the Brexit, um, from, from this part of the world known as Austria, there was, there was that push, I'm sure the people in the UK are familiar with it, of all refugees are welcome. And it was very much supported by Germany and France and Austria to a certain extent. And I think I said this before, for the most part, it was people from Syria who passed for white that were very well welcomed as refugees. Refugees have been trying to come to Europe since, I don't know when, since 2000, you know, from Africa, from North Africa, from, you know, from other parts of the world, but mainly from Africa, they've never come up with an agenda or a program saying refugees are welcome because they know if you have the blue, black brother or sister coming from the Sudan in large numbers, there will never be a policy as refugees are welcome. So looking at it right now in 2016, there was, a, there was a, a, an agenda just to bring in people who could pass for white from Syria. And now you look at it in Austria, the closer you are to white as a refugee, the less harm you have. You have more comfort, you have access, you can be able to move around. Other people that are coming from Somalia, coming from uh, Sudan, or from Mali, or from Senegal, from Nigeria, for the most part, it's really, really, it's still the same. It's still hard for you to get integrated, for you to get housing, for you to get any form of help or support. So the color thing plays a role. The color thing is predominant, plays a role. That's my point. Can I just add on to what he just said? Uh, yes, ma'am. I don't know if it's... Uh... If, can you turn your volume down maybe a little bit? I think that might be. Or if you could speak a little bit softly, that might help uh, with some of the distortion because it just seems to be uh, when you're speaking, there's a little bit of an echo. So maybe if you could turn your volume down a little bit or just speak a little bit softer, um, that might Sorry, is that better? A little bit. Oh, wow. Um, is this better? That, I can hear you. It, it is a little bit better. It's just a slight echo. But, yeah, if you want to go ahead, feel free. Sorry about this. Um, I just wanted to add that um, European countries such as Sweden and Denmark, they have a population crisis at the moment, so it would make sense that they would kind of welcome refugees that look more white than anything. Wow, we're trying to get a guest from uh, Denmark, white female, on the program. They just had a report in the New York Times uh, in the last week where they were talking about it's been this uh, flagrant rise in like overt white supremacy, much less refined. People just saying we don't want dark people here and attacking non-white people, particularly black people. They are from the continent or what have you, uh, saying we don't want uh, immigrants 
Uh, and this white female, she says she's working for one of the uh, groups that's against racism and trying to call out all of this as incorrect and what have you. But we're looking to have her on the program uh, sometime next week. Uh, we'll have to stay tuned on that one. Uh, I think Mr. Fox joined us as well. Did you want to respond to this question about the uh, migrant situation uh, in your part of the world? Yeah, um, I just, um, it is, it's just a standard operating procedure. They do not want any migrants or any um, foreigners coming in who are of the darker complexion. The Syrians can pass for the next lot of um, Turkish or Greeks who are already here, but anything darker than that, then we're going to actually have a problem. Um, regard, I did see something on, um, I can't remember if it was on Twitter or not, but I think it might have been one of the Nordic countries. I don't know if it was real or not because I didn't actually click into it, but they were advertising for um, foreigners to come over to marry their local women. I'm not too sure if it was Sweden or Denmark. It was one of the Nordic countries, but I don't know if it was true or not. It could have been a hoax, but there was um, an article regarding one of the countries inviting um, more foreigners to come over to marry the women due to, um, I don't know if it might have been a male um, a male population um, decline in them countries, but they specifically wanted people to come over to marry the, the local women, and I thought that was a bit odd. But if so, if that was going to happen, I don't think they would be liking a lot of um, people of who are heavily melanated to come over and start marrying the, the local women and changing their, you know, the racial dynamics in that country, there'd be no more prized, blonde, hair, blue-eyed women in the Nordic countries. But I did see an article on that. I think I saw that as well. I'm going to see if I can find it. I think someone posted it on my Facebook page. Um, oh, there it is. Uh, I, I didn't recognize the site where it was posted at, so I too had some wonders if this was legitimate because you know, know there's a lot of uh, rubbish uh, get posted online and people try and trick you and make you think it's accurate but the one that I and it says not true due to insufficient men Iceland will pay $5,000 per month to immigrants who will marry Icelandic women uh, and it says that it's not true so yeah I think this is I think this is bogus but, Does something? yes sir yeah and I just want to add something to uh, you also have the situation where you have uh the racist white supremacists who run the governments in Europe trying to um, um, making deals with, uh, with, with, with so-called leaders in Africa, presidents, so they can be able to control the movement of the people from Africa coming here. So for the most part, you have countries like uh, on the north of Africa, like Algeria, uh, Egypt, and uh, Libya. Uh, they're getting extra financial quote-unquote aid from Europe so that can be able to manage the movement of what you call sub-Saharan African people so that it cannot be able to reach what you, what, what you refer to as Europe and everything. You know, that's very important to point out that they're trying to get African leaders to make sure that they contain the movement of the darker-skinned Africans from moving into Europe. What sorts, of what sorts of policies or things are they wanting to happen to make sure that those uh, highly melanated folks are not moving too far north? 
Um, I mean, it's it, they, they they frame it in, within the context of uh, getting extra financial uh, assistance from the EU and also trade deals, and uh, also trying to help most of the European countries uh, manage their borders very well. Because also within uh, Africa, uh, with those constructed borders, there's also some form of uh, discussion in regard to uh, sub-Saharan Africans moving, let's say, to let's say uh, Egypt, which is much more, let's say, developed in comparison to uh, Malawi or, uh, let's say, Sierra Leone and everything, you know? So usually they... They, they approach these African leaders and they tell them, okay, you know what, we're going to give you more financial aid for your infrastructure uh, and then you can be able to manage the movement of um, black people or non-white people in Africa so they cannot be able to reach Europe. Fascinating, fascinating. Just pointing this out because I think Thomas in New York asked, uh, the BBC, they have a listing of the top 10 most popular stories on their site. The number one most popular story is the New York bombing, uh, where they talk about what happened with that. And they have uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio. I guess that's a cowbell as well. They have him on talking about the situation. Uh, And then their number seven most popular story is eight wounded in Minnesota mall stabbing. So it looks like this is being talked about at some level over there, although all of this is very, very recent stuff. So you have to see how it plays out in the next few days. I also thought it was significant that two other stories that they had on the page just in terms of pushing agendas of racism, white supremacy. Uh, of course, they have Donald Trump. Uh, they have a story, I'm not a boy or a girl coming out as non-binary at 10 years old. That's one of their more popular uh, reports. I think Mr. Fuller calls that contempt for gender, degenderization, major campaign worldwide under the system of white supremacy. And I think that's the first time I've heard that term used, non-binary. And then the other one, for sure, Cowbell, uh, Saritzi's story, the interracial marriage that made front page news. Um, I don't even know what this is about. It looks like a movie of some sort, uh, maybe. I'll even read a little bit because I don't know what this is. Uh, Before she began... Working on her new film, The United Kingdom, Emma Ansada had never heard of Saritzi Kama. Now she's bringing his story to the big screen and hopes it will illuminate a seemingly forgotten part of British post-war history. In 1947, Saritzi Kama, an African prince training to be a lawyer in London, met and fell in love with Ruth Williams, an English bank clerk. But their interracial relationship and plans to wed and return to Saritzi's native uh, Bukinland, modern Botswana, was greeted by fierce family and political opposition. We absolutely admit that none of us knew about this story before it came to us in this form of this project, says the film's director, Ama Ansante. Ten years ago, financiers were saying we don't make period projects about unknown people. They wanted Mozarts, Churchills, and people that you knew about. And it just goes on from there. I think this was at the Toronto Film Festival, which was uh, last weekend. I guess they have uh, David Oyelowo, uh, in the starring role, but got to make sure we're promoting the sexual confusion uh, as progress against racism. I think we talked about that earlier in the program. I hadn't even I didn't even hear about this film, and it I was reading about the Toronto Film Festival because Nate Parker's film about Nat Turner was there, but I didn't hear about this one. Um, our call is free. Um, cowbells there? The cowbell not working? I, I can't read and do the cowbell at the same time because <laughs> I have to leave the uh, switchboard. But there we go. There we go. <laughs> Even us on our job. 
Uh, did uh, our callers, Thomas in New York, uh, caller in Seattle, anyone else, did you have uh, questions or comments you wanted to make sure uh, that you got in? Yes, I just wanted to say, uh, in addition, there was another bombing yesterday also in um, New Jersey, in um, Seaside Heights, uh, which is best known for um, being where they filmed the hit white people show, The Jersey Shore, uh, which I thought was interesting, all those things happening back to back to back. Um, so, you know, I started looking at, you know, what are they trying to keep us from really looking at, you know, and I see a lot of things that they are. Uh, I wanted to also um, say that um, when they mentioned the refugees, um, I remember like maybe a year or two ago, Gus, right here in America, they started having a lot of kids come up from um, Central and South um, South America, Mexico, um, on the train, and um, they were more of the lighter variety. Um, look like to, could um, couldn't pass for white, but to mix in and pass for white um, in a generation or two. And I thought that was interesting as well. And I wanted to confirm what the gentleman said because I remember when um, they were trying to kill Qaddafi and they succeeded at doing so, of course. One of the threats he made um, was that he was going to open his border and let all of the Africans into Europe, um, you know, uh, he was kind of threatening to do that. So we kind of proved that prior to that, he had um, been keeping them from going into Europe. And I'll be my line. Thank you, Gus. For sure. I think Hillary Clinton was uh, involved in uh, that Libya situation where uh, Gaddafi was killed. Maybe. Next Absolutely. Um, a caller in Washington, did you have a comment, question you wanted to get in as well? We have about 10 minutes left to make sure people are aware. 10 minutes left. Caller in uh, Washington State, did you have any comment, question you wanted to get in? Uh, no further. I just really had a question about the Calais uh, situation. Uh, but uh, thank you for allowing me to uh, ask it. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, always good. I think, uh, unfortunately, the U.S., they have the marathon uh, presidential campaign that goes on for, you know, two, three years at a time. Uh, any thoughts, observations on uh, how that has uh, evolved? Hillary Clinton, she had the uh, health moment last week at the 9-11 ceremony up in uh, New York. Any observations about how all that has unfolded from our uh, listeners outside the states? Hey, can I ask um, a specific question about the um, election, Gus? I just wanted to know if the outside the states, if the tension in the media has been very pro-Hillary and negative Trump like it is here. I just want to know if they were doing, seeing the same thing. Am I still echoing? Yes, yes, ma'am. Go ahead. Am I still echoing, though? Oh, uh, it's still a, a little bit of an echo, but it's, uh, it's not too bad. We can hear you. We can hear you uh, fine. It's just a slight echo once you finish, like, your statement or sentence or what have you. Okay. Um... Basically, it's kind of like when they report it here, they just report what's going on on either side of the game kind of thing. But I, I must admit that I did feel a sense of glee when I saw her collapse last week. I just couldn't help it. <laughs> but in, in my personal opinion, I do think that Donald Trump is going to win. The, the tide of racism is so high, not only in America, but globally, that... They are really going to rally together and make it happen for themselves. They really are. That's my only observation, really. <laughs> Getting uh, schadenfreude, our term again, deriving some sort of joy from, uh, 
former Secretary of State Clinton's suffering. Mm, mm, mm. Pedal, pedal. <laughs> uh, other folks, uh, Mr. Fox, uh, African 1884, Andrew, do y'all have comments on the uh, U.S. presidential election? I am. Um when I saw um, Hillary, I did have, um, I had um, joy as well. But from looking at this, um, it's like she had like a mini little stroke. And if she's having a mini stroke now, um, whoever's backing her financially, they're going to be looking at this like to say, well, hold on. If she's How ill is she? And can she actually go through with this campaign? So um, if they do decide to, you know, pull all funding or decide to either back Trump or just pull out in general, I see Trump taking it. I actually do see Donald Trump taking it. Um, it's um, And how the situation is reported over here, how the British news portray Donald Trump, they, um, they portray him as um, more like a buffoon, like a, a joker, like a, you know, like a, a bigoted joker. But how they portray Hillary... They're more behind her, but how they betray Trump is they like to um, put out like, you know, he's a fool, he's not going to win, and um, we won't tolerate this in England. But really, deep down, you know, they're behind him. That was uh, Mr. Fox. That reminds me a lot of the way they reported on Brexit, because I think the general feeling was that there's no way Britain is going to leave the EU, and then it happened and everyone had to explain, but it to me, at least, it sounds very similar uh, in saying there's no way it's 75% likely that we're going to vote it down and we're going to stay in the union and all this xenophobia and racism is not going to win out. And then you see what happened. Uh, African 1884, uh, Andrew? Yeah, um, I, I concur what Mr. Fox said. Uh, I think, you know, I mean, they usually project or portray Trump as someone who does not know what he's doing. Hillary Clinton has got a big following out here from the politicians. Personally, on the individual level, I never get into discussions about American politics with white folks here because I don't want to get confused. That's my take. Hello, um, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, um, it's interesting. Um, my, my, I just think Donald Trump's going to win. Um, I think he just appeals to more white people. Um, I think Hillary Clinton uh, sometimes comes across as a it comes across here as almost being a liberal, um, and I don't think white people will like that. I think they I think they want someone like Donald Trump, who's apparently going to build a wall across across um across america or you know just against mexico and he's somehow going to get is it mexico the mexican government to pay for it somehow um i saw him on tv he was on some american tv chat show program whereby the host ruffled his hair or something like that um so 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 that sort of so so is that an attempt to try and soften his image and make him look like some kind of a sort of fun guy so um, so uh, you know, he's, yeah, I, I think I think he's gonna I think he's gonna win, and I think he's gonna win. Yeah, I think he's gonna win. I, I don't see Hillary. Hillary comes across as almost being sort of stationary, you know. Um, yeah. So 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 that's my take on it. Yeah, nobody thinking uh, Clinton is gonna gonna secure the victory. That is fascinating. Um, even with Theresa May uh, coming to power in. 
the UK? You don't see any sort of, of symmetry with women being the new uh, face of power uh, in the system? You don't think the same sort of thing could happen? Well, no. I mean, sorry, go ahead, Mary. Sorry, um, Theresa May's a different kettle of fish. She, her, her level of what she was doing in the government and her lineage is, is a bit different. If you look at all the things that Hillary has done, my God, like, I like my racist up front, so I know what I'm dealing with. She will hug you, kiss you on your lips and stab you in the back with a stiletto. I, I know what Donald Trump's agenda is. You know what his family's agenda is. Clinton does too much to mop up her bigotry. It's ridiculous. Just, just stop it. Margaret Sanger is one of your heroes. Enough said. Well, the folks gonna uh, comment on that. Uh, you know, this could be like Theresa May. Well, I wanted, I wanted to say on um, this. I just saw a song that said Merkel was out of power in um, Germany. So, um, we could one woman steps up, one steps down. Could be. Um, I saw something big happen there in the parliament. Also, um, I've been looking at on the, you know, of course, in the mainstream media, it's um, she had a pneumonia attack or whatever. Some people would say, oh, she's dying or whatever. But um, I saw a very interesting YouTube video where they showed that it really looks like she's getting arrested. Um, if you put Hillary Clinton perp walk, P-E-R-P walk, um, it looks like she's being handcuffed. And her hands are cuffed, and they got her under the shoulder, and they're putting her in the van. And um, also looks like her feet are shackled. So that's um, another video that I've seen that's very interesting. So it's a lot of deception going on in the media. Just with uh, Angela Merkel, she's prime minister or uh, chancellor uh, in Germany, suspected uh, racist white female. She is still chancellor, just her party did poorly uh, in the elections that they just had and they reported that and that's kind of the same thing that's happening worldwide you're having this sort they're using the terms far right uh but it's basically the same thing you allowed all these immigrants non-white people into germany and we're upset about that uh they had a they've had a lot of programs uh talking about this and even with that it would be another cowbell because a key component if you look at a lot of the reports about germany it will go back to the beginning of the year new year's day where they said that a lot of these immigrants, non-white people, were raping uh, German females and they were furious about this. Uh, it was in the New York Times and a lot of other mainstream outlets and then uh, it came back that maybe some of this was false. They even found some reports where some of the white women had lied uh, about this but it's the same type of sentiment that you're seeing worldwide that she's dealing with because I think she won uh, Time Magazine Person of the Year and a lot of it was for They were saying, oh, she's such a uh, humanitarian and you know the spirit of Germany and going back to Nazi Germany you know uh, there were Germans who had to flee the country uh, during the Third Reich to get safety elsewhere and so we want to you know extend reciprocity and allow people that are in need we want to open our borders and allow people to come in and they're just like forget that there are too many non-white people up in here and we're upset with you for allowing all these folks to be here and so she uh, lost her party did poorly uh, in the election that they had this week that's what uh, got reported uh, we pretty much did our 90 minutes. Anybody have any, any quick final comment they need to get in before we wrap things up? So, yeah, can I just um, one quick question? Yes. Um, with, um, with Mr. Michael Rappaport, what's happening there? Oh, boy. Um, he 
did not respond. We were supposed to uh, look at having him on the program this past Wednesday, but he didn't respond. I, this was on Tuesday when I asked him. I threw out the date uh, this past Wednesday. And our normal program time, 5 p.m. Pacific, he says, well, what about 4.40 Pacific? And I said, you know, it's 20 minutes that's substantial, you know, that we have to, to make things earlier for you. Uh, what's the big deal about 20 minutes? And he didn't respond until about 30 minutes before we would have went live if we had done 5 p.m. or 4.40. He waits until then to say, well, you know, we're going to go ahead and do the program. And I'm like, that is really tacky, in my view, an act, a deliberate act of white supremacy to wait until the last minute just so that you can't prepare, you can't promote the program. Uh, just total trifling move in my book. And I was just like, no, I'm not going to proceed with that. If you want to do the program this coming Sunday uh, at normal time, 5 p.m. Pacific, we could do that, which would be today. And he didn't respond there either. So I'm not going to hold my breath about it, uh, as, you know, about what I would expect uh, from a white person. Uh, I'll double check. We'll make that our, our last. I'll double check my all of this was happening on uh, social media where we ended up doing some uh, direct messaging uh, after he said he'd be willing to come and speak on the program. Um, yeah, he still he still did not uh, respond back. So, yeah, I'm just moving forward. Uh, he was typical trifling and tacky. He did all of this after he had boasted that I'm down to go on anybody's program anytime, anywhere to talk about my views. Um, the short shrift of it was Michael Rappaport, this white uh, actor. He uh, was also upset with Colin Kaepernick about kneeling for the flag and saying it was disrespectful to the first responders for 9-11. He was upset with him. And uh, The Root, they did a piece where they were saying that Michael Rappaport and some of these other uh, white people that were upset with Colin Kaepernick that this was just them being racist basically uh, and that black people don't get to take a holiday from racism white supremacy and Michael Rappaport in typical racist fashion uh, he just blasted the root and black people in general called them all sorts of names uh, he reposted comments from other people where they were calling the black writers at the root coons uh, he reposted that as though he's co-signing on that. And, it, I mean, it's just what you would expect uh, from a racist white supremacist. So it uh, looks like he's not going to be willing to come speak with us. I'm not stunned. And uh, just, just keep it pushing to be, uh, to be constructive. Sorry, Gus. Was, was that the same racist suspect that did the Travel Quest documentary? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Same oh. guy. Yes. Oh, thank you. Mm, he was in Higher Learning. He was Remy, the white guy who shot and killed Tyra Banks' uh, character. Yes. He was in uh, Bamboozled. He was Thomas Dunwiney, uh, the white TV producer who signed off on making the blackface uh, television show. People saw Spike Lee's film Bamboozled. Uh, he has a long, interesting racist history. But t even if you go back earlier, if you watch the film Zebrahead, that's an Oliver Stone uh, film. I think it came out in 1991 where Michael Rappaport, he's a uh, white high school student. He loves black music. His dad works at a record store and he ends up being in a tragic arrangement with a black female. Uh, and it's, it's pretty interesting if you want to check it out. But Zebrahead, it came out, like I said, I think in like 1991, Oliver Stone Project. He just plays himself, basically. When you Absolutely. see football in films, you think, right, that's how he is in real life. And if you see him on anything else, like even outside of the um, acting, and you hear him talking with um, other people. He's just the same person. Michael Rappaport pays Michael Rappaport in any movie, no matter what it is. Absolutely. I said the exact same thing that Spike Lee 
for Bamboozled. John Singleton did higher learning where Michael Rappaport, he becomes, literally becomes a white supremacist and kills Tyra Banks. Um, they did a phenomenal job casting uh, and saying, yes, Michael Rappaport would be a great racist. We'll get him to come in and do this in the movie. Excellent job. And I agree completely. That's why he does so well in these films. He does not have to act. He gets just to come and be himself. And he has a lot of black friends as well. That's the oh. thing. And a lot of black people give him a lot of passes. People like that always seem to go up and get past the border. I agree. That was why I wanted to have him on the program, is that I hoped that you know maybe we could get some of those black people to reconsider what they've been thinking about him. That was part of my... Because some people said that they didn't see a constructive value for having him on the program. That was a part of what I thought would be constructive to maybe get some of those black people to reconsider uh, viewing him and, and maybe not give him that pass. Man, I was having my fingers crossed. I wanted him on the show because I know exactly why he was going to be coming on there. And I know exactly why you were doing it. Yep, that was that was the thought process. But I'm sure he will have more outbursts, so we will try again uh, down the road to see if we can uh, nab him back on the program. I'll post the Roots articles as well that came out last week because that was kind of a big, big to-do for a few days, uh, the whole tiff and other people. Unfortunately, other black people got involved and defended him and said he's yeah. great and blah, blah, blah. And they cited the Tribe Called Quest documentary and said, oh, he's great, he did this documentary, and you all are, you know, slobs, you haven't done anything. This guy has promoted black culture and helped out Q-Tip and Fife, rest in peace. It was really, really, if you don't understand white supremacy, racism, everything else that you do understand will only confuse you once again. Uh, at any rate, we'll be here tomorrow. Uh, Dr. Tommy Curry uh, will be back on the program, normal time, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We'll also be here on uh, Wednesday, normal time. Uh, we have a black female researcher. She has studied the chemical and biological warfare that has been raged with cigarettes, menthol cigarettes specifically, uh, showing how they have deliberately targeted, almost exclusively targeted black people uh, with these menthol cigarettes, which are much more addictive. They're much more difficult to stop. Uh, the menthol brand cigarettes, and you have overwhelmingly black people smoke these. Uh, and she ties this to black males in the U.S. having the highest rates of lung cancer, much higher than anybody else, and that being directly attributable to these menthol cigarettes. Uh, she did a piece, man, I was so hurt that I, had, I didn't know about this uh, before the passing of Dr. Welsing, but she did a report titled Melanin and Nicotine, showing the thorough connection between the two and how it can be a lot more devastating on the health of melanin-dominant humans, black people, uh, using these menthol tobacco cigarettes. Uh, that'll be this coming Wednesday. I'm really looking forward to having her on the program, particularly if we have smokers in our listening audience. Uh, when I say sobriety would be best, include cigarettes in there as well. Uh, huge thanks to all of our uh, participants uh, worldwide. I think I got it correct today. African 1884 in Austria. Got it correct. Uh, thank goodness today. Uh, Mr. Fox, uh, Mary, Andrew, uh, Grand King from everybody. Uh, next time around, we do this next month, we should even have some new uh, international participants. Uh, we can add them as well uh, to continue the diet. We'll be very close to the election, so that'll be even uh, better uh, to see what's going down over the past, over the next 30 days, how things transpire. But huge thanks to everyone for participating. Hope it was a constructive investment of your Sunday. I guess evening, afternoon, depending on where you are. And uh, just drop an email if you have questions, problems, can't find something in the archives, guest suggestions, until justice at gmail.
Com. Again, sobriety would be best under conditions of white terrorism, one of the worst combinations in the known universe, whites, alcohol. With that, we will wrap things. Uh, creator, we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy. We ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time. Replace white supremacy with justice immediately. Kyle signing out. Thanks all for tuning in. Nigga, you so brainwashed. I'm a victim, Your brother. Problem. You're a victim. I'm a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my condition. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs> it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.